thank you for calling no reservations uh, yeah i'd like to make a reservation for oh the- i'm so sorry uh there are no reservations <laughs> it's in the name we worked all weekend in a monday suck physically we're all salty as fuck so pour yourself a drink while we left that bed and with no more hesitation no reservations with anna and ryan uh, we went to Brian and Caitlin's afterwards to continue to drink, and I just put the wings in my backpack. And then when I took the wings out of my backpack later, all of the sauce had dripped out of the box mm. into everything in my bag. Love that. So it's it's particularly like potent wing sauce, and it's very sticky, and <laughs> it's really a struggle. <laughs> This is No Reservations, a service industry podcast, and we're back. Can't get rid of us. Where did we go? I don't know. Away for a week? I, we, yeah, but this is this is two weeks later. It's a weekly podcast. We're still here. What, you, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know what you're saying. I'm incredibly hungover, so I'm going to need everybody to give me a little leeway today. <laughs> I'm not hungover today, so that's what's really impressive about all My, this. My, how the turntables. Indeed. I'm Anna. I'm Ryan. And I'm Matt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Ryan might be hungover, but he still has all of that unbridled enthusiasm we've all come to know and love. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, yes, we have our friend Matt here. Uh, Matt works with us at the brewery. Um, I think you're our third Matt on the podcast now. Yeah. It happens. There's always been another Matt in my life, whether it's... So sad. Yeah. it Pretty much any room I'm in, there's another Matt. I mean, you're talking to Ryan and Anna, so we yeah. get it. We understand. I don't really get it. There's not many Annas. Okay. So if there are any Annas who work in the service industry who want to come be on this podcast, I would love to see that. Fuck you. <laughs> also, any Ryans. You've not had a Ryan yet. But yes, th- third Matt. Third Matt. Mm-hmm. Good for you. You got to be Matt number one when we went bowling the other day. That, that I did. That I did. And I think that's what gave me the confidence to be everybody's ass. Oh, I thought you were going to say the confidence to finally be on the podcast because we've been trying to get you on the podcast for like a month and a half. Uh, I said yes last time and then nothing happened. But <laughs> that tracks. That I'll, I'll I'll put this up to Josh being drunk that night and saying, when are we going to be on the podcast? Because that, that worked, I guess. Worked like a charm because here you are. Where's Josh? Who not here? Listen, <laughs> you just got to keep pestering us because we want everybody to do it. We just forget. It's true. That's fair. And we, it, it's like one of those situations where it's like you have so many options that you have no options. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So like. Ryan and I every week are like, okay, who are we going to get to be on the podcast? And we're like running around, like trying to find people. And then it's like, if we just like sat down for a second, we could be like, oh, we have approximately 10 people that we could probably pull on today. Yeah. <laughs> if we wanted. So we're so excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. Um, that, that made it sound like <laughs> I could replace you with any heartbeat. one of nine of we, we talk about how I want to replace Anna as a co-host all the time, so... All right, so yes, I'm not drinking this week. Um, you guys are. Oh shit! I didn't realize I you weren't drinking. I fully have a now. glass of water. I and I'm very jealous because the cocktail looks lovely, and I kind of want a sip of yours, but I don't trust myself. So wait till that bagel settles. Yeah, right. When we when we need round two somewhere in the middle of the podcast, we'll hit you up. You should you should have a sip. 
So what are we drinking today, Matt? What did you What did you bring for us? As Ryan so takes a today sip. we're drinking uh, none other than the Boulevardier, which is kind of my go-to drink over the last couple years. Um, for those who don't know, essentially a Negroni, but subbing in whiskey for the gin. Um, I don't know. Did we use bourbon or rye, rye. for this? Okay, cool. So that's I, love I, rye. I typically go rye. Um, I I have like my specs that I do at home that are like a super like not standard version of a Boulevardier. Give it to us. I do Rittenhouse Rye, so I have that bottle and bond, so a little higher proof. I do Carpana Antica Vermouth, so mm-hmm. it gets like the vanilla sweetness in there. Yum. Ooh. And then I actually usually sub Aperol for the Campari, Ooh. so it's a little bit less bitter of a drink, leans towards the sweeter, and that's why like the spice kind of cuts through that with the rye. That's nice. Well, mine. We should have asked you for your specs before we just like... <laughs> Hit Went the Google. Basic. Yeah, because my uh, my Boulevardier is having real Napoleon complex right now where I'm like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's not, not that good. That sounds really good. Although I will say, as a person who does love gin, I also really do appreciate a Boulevardier because, you know, I, I love the bitter, but sometimes you do need a little bit of extra sweetness in there. So, like, yeah. having having a whiskey, it, it brings brings a warmer mouthfeel to the whole experience, mm. as it were. We love a good mouthfeel. I love talking about mouthfeels. Oh, yeah. Mouthfeels. <laughs> I'll catch myself sta- saying things about mouthfeel at work, and like I'll look, I'll see people's like faces, and they're just like, "What? Like, what do you mouthfeel? Mouthfeel? It's exactly what you think. Yeah, it like is. It's the what... <laughs> feel in your mouth. How does your fucking mouth feel right yeah. now? Does it feel happy? <laughs> Great. It's a happy mouth." Wait, I did, that's how I want to describe mouthfeels to people now. How does your mouth feel? It has, it has a very sort of depressing mouthfeel. Just like mouthfeels are actual like human feelings, but in your mouth. like it's Real angry mouthfeel. Yeah, when I drink that hazy IPA, it just gives me a real like anxious mouthfeel. Um, <laughs> that's just every beer that I drink gives me an anxious mouthfeel. <laughs> it's beer week. We can't talk bad about beer this week. <laughs> it's always beer week. That's true. It's we a- work at breweries. It's always beer week. It's beer 30 somewhere. Thanks, Dad. Boo. Wait, okay. Quick uh, aside. What are the beers that are y'all's dad's beers of choice? And what is... So what is your dad's normal beer? And what is your dad's I'm being fancy beer? My are you going to text your dad? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to Google the beer because I... I... Is it Labatt Blue because he's Canadian? Yeah. Nice. And, but it's also my dad doesn't drink. Oh, yeah. Um, no. Your dad only drinks Diet Coke every time I see Every him. time ever. Um, my dad doesn't drink. The only time he drinks is he has one beer at every wedding that we go to. So, like, every one of my it's cousins, fair. he's had one beer at their wedding. And it's always Labatt Blue. <laughs> Honestly, shocking that, like, a wedding venue would have Labatt Blue. Blue. I, I think that as as Canadians, it's like they, people they just re- ensure request that things. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I found out from Pam and Tommy that Pamela Anderson's starting out modeling for Labatt Blue. Really? Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm on like episode five, I think. Okay. Yeah. It should be the next one then. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry, your dad's beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, my, my dad also was not much of a drinker, like, at least growing up. He would have an occasional beer. And like, you know, if we we're at a wedding or something, yeah, he'd drink. But he didn't really have, like, a go-to. I think Mm. later on, as I was old enough to drink and we would kind of, like, bond and stuff, he would drink Yingling. Mm -hmm. I don't think he really had, like, a go-to. Wow. Maybe Yingling or, like, weirdly, I remember him ordering Amstel Light. I have, like, weirdly 
vague memories of that. That's so funny. My my mom's is Corona Light Slice of Lime. That one I know. See, I come from a family of drinkers. We have a long... The, us Richies have a long and uh, sordid history of, of drinking and drinking heavily. Uh, my dad's go-to beer is Miller Lite, often Michelob Ultra as well. Ooh. Those are the two beers that we keep in our house all the time. The champagne of beer. Cham- oh. No, it's no, Miller High Miller Life. Life. Come on. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, but when my dad is being fancy, it's uh, Jimmy Buffett's beer, Landshark. I- mm. uh, and, well, the funniest beer that my dad loves, so when we were kids, we took a family vacation to the Dominican Republic, and my dad fell in love with Presidente. And, of course, at that point, you couldn't find Presidente in the States. But my dad would talk about Presidente constantly. Like it was, like, the holy grail of beers. Yeah. But he literally, like, and it, it's my dad. So, like, anytime he talked about it, he or he would be, like, talking normally, like, at the restaurant. He'd be like, yeah, I'm going to have a beer. I think I'm going to have a Presidente. <laughs> he did that every single time. Did he um, always have the accent on it? Yes. That was something my dad did all the, like... He, if it was anything that was like vaguely a non-English word, he would try to do the uh-huh. accent. Never well, no, never well. But he would try, and I'd be like, "Dad, stop!" Like yep. It's- yep, yep, yep. My dad is uh, a very good at a great many things. Um, Spanish is not one of them. <laughs> uh, trying, he, I think he has been the person who says he only knows two phrases in Spanish, and it is "una cerveza por favor." And donde está el baño? It's really all you need. It's fair. <laughs> fair. If you can ask for another beer and where the bathroom is in any language, you're set. Yeah. All right. We covered, uh, you know, dad relationships. Now let's go into deep-seated mother trauma, I guess, as we move. No, I'm just kidding. Um, speaking of. Speaking of. <laughs> let's, let's, but let's just go into your past. And by that, I mean, just like, not when you were a child, just when you started working in restaurants. Um... <laughs> Unless you started working in restaurants when well, you were a child. Well, I was going to say... In which case, we've broken some labor laws along the way, and now we have to have a different conversation. <laughs> I was going to say, when I, when I started working, I was a child. Um, not necessarily in a restaurant, but it was still service. It was like hospitality kind of thing. I was working at King's Island. Um, it was an amusement park. Where the, it's owned by... Uh, it's weird. I'm so used to everybody knowing what King's Island means. And Ryan <laughs> and I are just like, yeah. what is this Midwest so, bullshit you're spewing at us? So... Uh, at the time, was owned by Paramount, or when I was younger, it was owned by Paramount. When I started working there, owned by Cedar Fair, which is the company that owns like Cedar Point. Cedar Point, yeah, totally. Yeah, and all the like, you know, fifteen other roller amusements. coasters. Yeah. And so I was working in uh, because I was fifteen when I started. There were only a couple departments you could work in, so I worked in admissions and guest services. Mm-hmm. So you know, just signing up to deal with people's complaints. Mm-hmm. That included like. Working the toll booth at the parking lot, also like working the front gate, working season pass sales, and then literally just being in the guest services booth and just having people like pissed off because they brought their eight kids and it's $50 a person to get in. And so now they're paying, you know, $600 or whatever to get in. Because, yeah, friends, that's, that's how we how, make money. We make, and that's how the math works. You, you pay for each person and it's $50 a person. Yeah. And it was, you don't want to pay for your kids? Have less kids. It was insane the amount of money <laughs> that came through that place because, like, I was 15 when I started there, and I would count down at the end of the night 
and will have done like $45,000 <gasps> in transactions. Jesus. Now, that's not all cash necessarily, but I'd have thousands of dollars of cash in my till and be like, I don't know. I'm 15, yeah, if I get this, robbed right now. <laughs> well, also, this job means nothing to me. Like, I guess at the time it felt important, but mm-hmm. I was like, I could just like pocket and leave. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I could just go. I don't think that you're a human if you haven't once looked at a cash till and been like, if I took some of this, nobody would know that. I don't think I was, like, bold enough when I was... No, oh, I definitely well, never have been. Neither <laughs> am I. And, that's, and that's, that's what sets us apart from the, the psychopaths who yes. then get fired from jobs, is, like, we have the impulse... It's just called and having then, a conscience. Right. And then we go, mm, maybe not. Better yeah. not. Yeah. If you have never had that impulse, you're not human. You are a robot. Yeah. You are Will Smith and iRobot. I don't know, is Will Smith the robot and iRobot? No. No. I've never seen iRobot. <laughs> He's he's not the robot in that one. Fully Damn not it. the robot in that <laughs> no. one. Um, but yeah, so that's that was like my first job. But I guess my first restaurant job, I worked at this place called Bravo. It was a Italian restaurant chain. Um, and it was like one that it was like high end casual. Like they they felt fancy sometimes. Like we wore like a white shirt, like button up and tie the whole thing. Um, and, like, it was the kind of place that groups of kids went to for, like, homecoming dinner and, like, prom dinner and stuff like that. It, it had a weird mix of vibes because I saw multiple proposals there. Mm. So it had that kind of vibe. Huh. But also, like, you could go in there wearing, like, flip-flops and swim trunks from, like, a day in the summer at the pool and just, like, go to get lunch. It was uh, it was a very huh. mixed bag. Um, yeah. Question. Um, how many dads did you have finish their plate hand them to you and say bravo uh a few not (laughs) not a ton like looking back on it not tons but that definitely did happen oh yes um i know dad humor oh yeah oh yeah i'm i'm a dad in a 28 year old woman's body the dad joke that will forever be burned into my existence is uh came more like later working in bars Going around, picking up empty glassware from a dad and him going, hey, like I had a problem and going, oh, so sorry. What can I like? What happened? And he's like, there's a problem with this beer. I was like, oh, what was up? He said, oh, there's a hole in it. Yeah. Uh, there's a hole in the glass. Like every time I die a little inside. And in one of my other jobs that I'll talk about, like I was a bar back and it was an extremely high volume place constantly going around and i would hear that at least 10 times a day and every time you know they'd be like oh i'm so fucking funny i'm the first person like, who's ever said this you're like oh god oh so many times today the empty the empty plate meanwhile their whole like, their whole group is like dad stop like, stop just don't <laughs> if you're gonna make a joke run it by everyone at the table first <laughs> And that if that anybody, doesn't make it a joke anymore. If anybody gives even the littlest bit of pause, you want to know what though? Because if it's actually funny and you've run it by everyone at the table, they're going to want to hear it a second time when you tell the server or bartender because it was actually good. And when they all roll their eyes when you say it, then you keep it to yourself. Yeah. I don't need to hear it. Yeah. There is something that is very funny and true though about like a dad who thinks that he's the first person ever to make this specific dad joke. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe, you know? Maybe that's what job I want to create for myself, is writing original dad jokes for dads. I'm sure there's some 
some dad, like a new dad. Maybe he's like in his like lower thirties, yeah. just became a dad, and he's like, I'm so tired, I don't have time to come up with these jokes. <laughs> and you can just like I want to corner like, well, hey, that market. Yeah. Where is where is the sitcom? I'm ready for it. Would you have like a, a writing staff for this sitcom about essentially being a writing staff for a new dad? No, the writing staff for this sitcom would be exclusively dads just writing dad jokes. <laughs> it's not going to be good. Yeah, no. But damn, will it make money. There's a dress code in the office. New balances every day. <gasps> So good. So good. <laughs> All right, podcast is over. We're moving into television writing. Wow, guys, I've never been excited about an idea Let's work before. on this elevator pitch. I'll get a ticket to LA. Um, <laughs> All right, so you worked at Bravo. Yes. Um. Um, it was quite a time. Started as a, I mean, what we call backwaiters. I'd never heard that term until I moved here. But I started as a server's assistant, so just bussing tables and, like, food running. Mm-hmm. Then as I, like after a year or two, like started serving, I had to learn all about the wines and stuff and pretend like I knew what I was talking about mm-hmm. because it was fancy. And yeah, it was a pretty standard serving job. We got extremely busy sometimes. Like Mother's Day was, I'd still have like, just like trauma from one of the Mother's Days of just like working literally a, a full double and just wanting to like kill myself at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the weirdest time though was, so there was a, a big tennis tournament that always, that happened every year, um, in that same area, like probably 10 minutes away. It's the, it's the Western and Southern open, which is like the last big tournament before the U S open. Okay. So all the big stars come in and for some reason they love Bravo. Like they all come to Bravo. I don't know why. Wait, so what big tennis stars would come in? I over the years I served Djokovic, Nadal, Andy Murray, Federer, like all all the of, actual big ones. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, like all all of them. Most of them were nice, some of them were assholes. Um, but it was always funny cuz Djokovic is an asshole, isn't he? Um, <laughs> I I refuse to comment. Um <laughs> But no, like it was it was funny because you could tell the difference between the beginning of the tournament when it was like their opening rounds and they knew they were going to win. Like they just ate normal shit. Like they came in, they ordered pasta, whatever. When it was like the final round and, you know, Federer comes in or something or, or like Nadal, it's like their their manager, their coach comes up and goes, OK, he needs like three pieces of salmon with no fat and no seasoning and like two cups of brown rice. And you're like, okay, well, also, we don't have that, but we'll just see what we can do here. And and it was just like, they were so strict because now it matters, I guess. But the it was funny seeing the people you didn't know because, like, the stars were there and, it like, everyone knew they were there because you could feel that, like, presence. And, but then the rest of the restaurant would be filled with people sitting at all the other tables and you'd look around and we'd play a game like, is this a tennis player or are they just like a European guy? <laughs> and the test was like, it was a young European looking dude and an old man. Player and coach. And you'd be like, okay, cool. And kids would walk around with those giant tennis balls to get autographs. And we'd have to literally kick kids out. 
because they were trying to get autographs. We're like, you can't, you can't do this. Like, wow, my favorite pastime: kicking kids (laughs) out. But yeah, it was um that place. It was you know it was a good starting server job. It wasn't overly anxiety driven, Mm -hmm. um, but it, it had its times. Sure. Also, have you ever served on a Mother's Day where things have actually been good enough for Mother? No, never. Actually, yeah. Oh, how nice. How nice for you. I'd say maybe like, I'd say, I'd say (laughs) like some of the people on those days were like very nice and were very like, we see you running, which I, even then, early in my career, like knew this doesn't happen often. But I remember a few people being like, oh my God, I see you guys like running around. This is insane. And, but yeah, most people were like, how, how dare you be two seconds late with this lasagna for our Mother's Day brunch? This is Mother's Day. <laughs> mother needs to get the service that Mother wants. And like our terrible house cocktails. Oh, God. They were so bad. Even, again, I was, ni- yeah, I was 19 when this was happening. So you were, you were a Jungle Juice kid back then, and you still knew. I was a Vodka Gatorade kid. Yes! <laughs> uh, which flavor of Gatorade? Oh, it's gotta be, uh... I mean, which color? That's, that's a yeah, that's more weird. accurate question. I was gonna say blue, blue. but it's, it's glacier-free. <laughs> it's yeah. Blue. It's yeah. glacier-free. Vodka before blue the G2 Gatorade? and all the new, like, versions Bullshit. of it? Yeah, no. Are you like, kidding me, though? Vodka blue Gatorade oh, yeah. is oh, yeah. a Slaps. fire drink. Slaps. But here's the thing. So, I talked with Dan and some other people the other day about this. The, the shit vodkas. Did you guys ever have Kamchaka? No. No. So, okay, so it's like a Popov or, like, Burnett's or, like... So oh, Burnett's, indeed. I guess I would I would yeah. probably equate it to what I... Pinnacle? Ha- I, no, it's worse, than, no, it's, it's worse than both of those. It's I would equate it to, like, Georgie, which is I'd never had until I moved here. Dan mm-hmm. introduced me to that. He bought shots of Georgie Orange. Why is he... Why does he want to watch the world burn? Yeah, I don't know. He's just that guy. Kamchaka was one of those plastic bottle vodkas. Yes. Uh, you get a handle of it at a convenience store. It, liquor laws are a little different, so you could get like low proof liquor mm-hmm. at like the grocery store and convenience stores mm-hmm. in Ohio. Uh, but so it was like forty two proof. Okay, and you get a handle of it for like ten dollars or something. <gasps> um, That's gonna hurt your insides. Yeah, so we would get that, and because it's so low proof, you literally you'd get like a thirty two ounce Gatorade, drink like. I don't know, a third of it, and then just fill, or, yeah, like half of it, and then just fill the rest with vodka. I thought you were going to go the other way and say there was less vodka. I'm glad you doubled down on the vodka. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of vodka. I don't, yeah, it, was, it was definitely <sighs> a high amount of vodka in there, but you just could barely taste it. So it was like every time just add a little uh, bit more. I, I disagree. I feel like with a vodka like that, you can always taste it. It doesn't matter <laughs> How much of the fucking Oh, no, this shit was like water. And we felt so cool because we were like, oh, you, like, I can drink so much. And you're like, then looking back, you're like, oh, no, you really, yeah. you really can't. I mean, that seems like the kind of vodka that we would have bought in the costume shop in college to spray down clothes with. Mm-hmm. Wait, why are you spraying clothes with vodka? So, insider trick, uh, if you can't, if you uh, are unable to wash certain things, or if you need to reuse something, vodka, it, it neutralizes odor. So if you do a mixture of half vodka, half water, and spray down, you know, the high, you know, frequency areas of certain garments, like the armpits, people who are super sweaty, the backs, uh, 
so especially for like I worked in costumes, so like suit jackets particularly, mm-hmm. like we can't go get them dry cleaned during the run of a show so you just spray everything down with uh, a vodka solution every day and it neutralizes the odor yeah no so this would probably be right up that alley Mm -hmm. um and that's pretty much what we were doing to our bodies yeah (laughs) and just neutralizing the odors odors. inside me yes you know what i've never smelled when i've drank shitty vodka so i don't don't know yeah maybe just my nose stopped working but could be that could be that (laughs) Yeah, vodka blue Gatorade. Oh yeah, that was that was underrated move. drink. There was a solid amount of time around that age where I just constantly in like the back of my because I had my like tight core group of friends all lived in like one neighborhood that was like away from where I was. So I would just go spend so much time over there. So I constantly would just have like a bottle of vodka and a bottle of rum in my in like the trunk of my car. Because if it just, like, you know, if times call for it and we're going to all spend the night at this guy's house and we're all going to get fucked up tonight, let's go. Fair enough. Mood. And it was just Kamchaka and Admiral Nelson. At least you were doing, like, quote-unquote real <laughs> liquor. When I was young, I was drinking wine coolers and... Well, this was this was also mixed in with a fair amount of, uh, like, strawberries. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah. there's a Smirnoff ice and Mike's hard. Ugh. Yeah, I was a wine cooler bitch and uh, Baileys. Like, I would literally buy, like, the little bottles of Baileys and just, like, drink them straight out of the tiny bottle. The first, like, party I went to where everyone was drinking, I was a little bit younger, and I'd had, like, a beer before, but this essentially was the first time I was, like, really drinking, and I had no way of getting alcohol, and my parents, like I said, didn't really drink that much. The only thing we had in our fridge was, like, a six-pack of Mike's Hards. So I literally stole, like, three of them and went to this party and just, like, drank. <laughs> Incredible. Like, looking back on it is like, oh, yeah, I got real fucked up on three Mike's Hards. But it was it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan. You need to take a picture of what Nelly looks like right now and post it on the Instagram when we post this podcast I so will. that we can all understand why... <laughs> Listen, as long as she's, she's, like, posing. As long as she stays there and doesn't interrupt us it's fine okay. <laughs> it's like she looked at you and was like can you take a picture yeah, no i i got it i got it baby <laughs> oh she's a ball under for that paint fly. me like one of your french girls yep oh and she's up hi i know she made eye contact you knew it was gonna That's happen over. um so bravo yes. tennis yes. what was your next um, stop from there let's see went to mad tree which is one of, I'd say, probably the second, at this point, second largest brewery in Cincinnati. I started because I had, yeah, I had a friend who was working there as a bar back. And eventually, I was in college at the time, and he said, hey, if you if you need, like, part-time or anything, um, we're looking, we're starting to expand, and we're looking for another person to just fill in bar backing. And I was like, yeah, I think I was maybe 20 at the time. And... I was like, yeah, if I, like that's sick working at a craft brewery. Yeah, because this was, I mean, obviously breweries had been around and everything, but like the craft brewery boom in Cincinnati had like just happened in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and so it was like all brand new. And I was like, that's sick. So started barbacking there, and it was a really cool space that was. It felt like you were like it at least had the vibe of like you were in someone's garage. 
like a pretty small place that was warehouse warehouse industrial esque, but like mm-hmm. not big. And we got jam packed in there like every night, and I was just running around collecting glassware, doing all doing the whole thing, and having to hand wash everything <gasps> in a triple sink. No, yeah. Um, yeah, and so it would be it would be just the one bar back on at a time. So it would be me just like frantically hand washing things behind the bar while people try and flag me down. I'm like, I'm not a bartender. Stop. And then, and then like breaking a glass in there and being like, fuck. And, and uh-huh. then, yeah, having to do the whole thing. Yep. You know, um, so far in my restaurant industry experience, I have avoided triple sinks. Yeah. My first job was a triple Good sink. Good for you. I, I know I, I speak this and now it's probably going to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so bar backing at Mad Tree literally is where I learned that I'm going to have to deal with assholes uh, because I'm a man of smaller stature and I'm going to have to... We refer to that as short short king. king. Oh, thanks. Although I I don't think you're short. That's the other thing is like you are right right in that that nice average. uh, Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I realized I'm going to have to like, without sounding like terrible about it, assert my dominance over people <laughs> like so me walking around this tiny cramped space carrying stacks of glassware trying not to drop things and people just like refusing to get out of my way and literally having people be like oh, fuck you as i'm like trying to get through and then watching them see me walk behind the bar up to a bartender and go that guy doesn't get a beer <laughs> and being like yes i control you now yeah Yep. And that just the terror that comes over their face, like, oh, maybe I should have been nicer, was so great. Um, That's phenomenal. Just like, good good life tip. Be nice to everybody. You don't know who could cut off your beer supply. Exactly. But so Mad Tree went from that place, which I was there for four months before. They had already started working on a new facility that was just down the road that was massive. It's probably... Four or five times the size of the brewery. Uh, we had like a huge patio. It's, I think it was 10,000 square feet. Ooh. Something like that. I, I That number may be way off, but See, I know. You can tell we're not in New York anymore. Right? Like, yeah. Meanwhile, we're in like 10, that, that's okay. That's like 400 of my apartment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool, it's, cool, cool. I, that number might be way off, but I know it was the largest at the time, at least, was the largest patio in Cincinnati, like patio bar. Our, the the brewery part of the facility was a hangar, like a, a massive... It, it wasn't made for planes, but it could hold planes. Jesus Christ. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And so, size of the place went up, staff went up, and then, yeah, my steps per day went up. It was a sure. lot. The first... I will, I will always remember our opening day at the new facility uh, was a yearly thing they called Bonanza, which this just happened to be the grand opening of the new place. And I got there at 9.30 that morning, and I left at 1.30 a.m. the -hmm. next day, Um, and I didn't get up until maybe 2 o'clock that afternoon and felt like I ran a marathon, and I looked at my phone and looked at the steps, and it was just insane, like we we sold through three hundred and sixty four half barrel kegs <gasps> that day. We estimated between fifteen and twenty thousand people came through. Holy shit! So it was yeah, it was a lot, 
Thankfully, we weren't dealing with cash that day. It was, uh, we had sold, like, drink tickets, so it was just, like, come up, give me a ticket. Yeah, cash would be impossible. Yes. But it was literally, like, halfway through the day, we started running out of beer. We were supposed to be open the next day. Uh, But by the end, we had five, maybe, beers left on of the 32 taps that we had. (laughs) Um, And it was things like a Baltic Porter and, like... An imperial style. Yeah, the not super and, drinkable right. stuff. Yeah. The things that everyone was drinking as their last beer of the, exactly. night, the day before. So, like, we, thankfully, I woke up to a message that said, like, we're not open today. And I was like, okay, cool. And went back to bed. But that day, I'll forever remember. And then, yeah, from, from then on, there was never a... I mean, there were slow nights there, but it was constantly, constantly busy. Um, and then after a little while of just bar backing, I, uh, I started getting bartending shifts, um, you know, kind of just paying your dues and doing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's brewery bartending. It's not, you know, making cocktails and stuff. Brewery bartending is my favorite bartending. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's easy. <laughs> it's so nice. Well, that's why like you, like that volume of people when, you it's, can't do cocktails. You can't. When Even if you could do cocktails, you can't do cocktails. Like, like, it's nice when it's like, no, it's just beer, and you're just pouring beer, and it is like, and then it, it, you have the ability, and when there's the space, people can be spread out, so that way it doesn't feel like you're on top of one another, or claustrophobic. Like, once you get your drink, you can walk away. Yeah. Like, Well, and that was actually, you said it's, it's a brewery, it's beer. Like, that was, we had, it was nice to have that excuse for the longest time, our... Um, our managers and our owners for the longest time refused to make, um, to sell anything else or to make like, you know, a cider or anything. Cause we're like, it's a brewery. Yeah. Drink beer. You came here drink beer. Mm-hmm. Now we, we would always make like a craft soda to have, but just sure. to have that. That's fun. Eventually. Yeah. They were actually pretty, they did like a, a craft root beer and like Ooh. a ginger ale and stuff like that. Ooh. Um, they did like a berry soda, which was nice. <gasps> Oh, but, I'd be all over that. Yeah, it was really good to make cocktails. Like, I took a growler of it home one time and, like, just made cocktails out of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, cool. Because, oh, yeah, the best perk of working there, every employee drank free. Ugh. Oh. Unlimited. Oh. So we drank draft for free. Wow. And then uh, to go was 50% off. Like, if you were just picking up cans or anything, uh, you could... And because draft was free, you could also just take growlers for free. Oh, yeah. So why um, would you even bother buying cans to go? Oh, I mean, things that it. weren't well, necessarily. Yeah. Sure. If it's not on tap. But sure. If you're going um, to a party and you yeah. want to bring some yeah. favors. But yeah, cans were free. But then also, or cans were 50% off. But then also we had, we were able to take low fills Ooh, um, yep. for free. So you could just, there was a shelf in the back in the brewery and you could just walk back there. So every time I was like going camping or something. I'd walk back and be like, are there any low fills? Okay, yeah, let me take a case of these. And just like, there you go. Ugh. And yeah, it was fantastic. So I could I could literally just be like, hey, you guys want to get drinks before we go somewhere? Let's just go to Mad Tree. I drink for free. And it was usually like, yeah, I'll grab my friend's drinks too. Like, yeah. Yeah, like they'll, they'll hook them up. Yeah, it's fine. It was it, That was a place that was very lenient on giving free drinks to... Friends, family, industry people. Like, it was the unwritten rule that any industry person drinks for free. Uh, well, brewery people mm-hmm. or other, like, local bars and stuff. 
Maybe not if you work at like Denny's or something, but like sure, right, right, right. But like the, the, <laughs> hey, the unspoken Denny's bartenders people need code. drinks. <laughs> they probably need them more. more. Oh yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, no, it was more just like people who work in our specific industry. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just kind of a thing because it, it was expected. Like, okay, yeah, we'll take care of you. Hopefully, when I come in, you'll you take, take care, care of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Even even if it was just friends, like. If you were a friend from back in the day and you came in, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, these are on me. I got you. And it wasn't like I didn't have to justify it to my manager or something. It was just like whatever. Right. Because the hope is that then they will feel good and come back. Exactly. And it was building building camaraderie. We also we also nonstop took beer shots. The thought of being behind the bar with alcohol in a few hours makes me want to vomit. Not going (laughs) to lie. I'm so sorry. That's okay. You know, at least you don't have to worry about actual beer production happening. Oof. Um, all right, so you, le- <laughs> you left Mad Tree yes. and moved on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went from Mad Tree um, to Brewdog, which kind of was, uh, I just like happened into that. I had, I had left Mad Tree and was just kind of taking some time off. And after a little while, I was like, okay, I need to get a job. <laughs> Mm. And just started like, I don't know, just Googling random stuff and was actually trying to see, I knew of Brewdog. I didn't know them very well. I'd had some of their beer and was actually looking to see if they had any marketing jobs open. Uh, Cause I like knew a friend of a friend worked there or whatever. They didn't, but then I saw um, their jobs are all broken down by location and it said Cincinnati. And I was like, well, there's what? And I didn't realize they were opening a bar in Cincinnati and there were bartending positions open. So I was like, okay, I'll do that for the time being applied. Like the next day I got a email like, Hey, we'd love to zoom interview you or whatever. And weirdly before COVID happened. Yeah. You were on zoom when before it was cool. Yeah. I had no idea what it was. They said, they sent me this link and I was like, what is zoom? Um, and then I knew later. (laughs) <laughs> but uh but yeah so did an interview and uh they they were still up in columbus at the headquarters they hadn't even been down to cincinnati yet and got the job and so then it was a week or two later we had the whole staff together to do training and the whole thing which included us putting together the entire place mm-hmm. like i built the tables and chairs and decided where the shelves behind the bar were and all of that kind of shit. Like basically the layout of the restaurant. We all were just like, okay, I think this is what would work. Which like, yeah, when you're opening a small kind of small business that chef run, I get that idea, that mindset. But this was like a large, we were like, really? Oh, okay. I guess. I guess. Yeah. And so. It's a corporation. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a, there's a whole lot we can say about them. But yeah, so we we started there and it was an interesting bartending job because it was, it's obviously a brewery, but we had a little bit of that like identity crisis that we have at our current place of like, is it a tap room? Is it a brew pub? Is it a restaurant? Where like we had a lot of people who just came in not knowing what BrewDog was at all and they just came in for dinner or they came in for lunch. Um and so they weren't there to be focused on beer and they were asking for specific cocktails. We had people ask for martinis. We had people ask for all, all the kinds of stuff. Um, and then other people like beer nerds showing up being like, 
where's all the brewing stuff? Okay, it's not. It's in Columbus. Is <laughs> the brew pub? Uh, speaking of, the only reason we were able to be a brew pub is because we had a barrel, one single barrel, aging beer in the office that legally. <gasps> What made us allowed to be called a brew pub? Great, great. That's so funny. Uh, because they did that so shady. Because well, because of the three tier system uh, with distribution, that allowed us to be able to like distribute directly to ourselves, like from the brewery. Like our people mm-hmm. could come straight down instead of having to go through like a third party, mm-hmm. yep, uh, distributor by just having that barrel. <laughs> just one barrel. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I was told there was beer in it. I don't know if there is. <laughs> <laughs> the mystic barrel. Yeah. Oh, I'm so it was interested. Just tucked now. in the back of the office there. But uh it was we had like a couple specialty cocktails that were the most basic shit in the world. Um with a fun name, I'm sure. Uh yeah, one was the bitter they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> um what the fuck was the other one? What was the bitter they are, the harder they fall? It was, I honestly was it a Negroni? couldn't. No, it it was. I want to say tequila and yeah, tequila and. Honestly, I could not tell you. It was not on the menu for long. Sure, it was there, and then we just all refused to make it because it was gross. Yeah. Um. There was that one, and then and I can't remember the name of the other one. The rest of them were literally. Uh, made with it was essentially they were just two part cocktails because they were made with these like pre-mixes that we had yep. from this company called simple times mm-hmm. um and those those were very popular there was like a blueberry lemonade and shit like that just sweet drinks that everybody loved but for the most part it was beer and like i personally have the interest in craft beer so i took a little more like interest in like boning up on knowledge of like the process and what goes into everything. And we did also all have to get our level one Cicerone. Really? Um, yeah. Even the kitchen, cool. even the like busters, every, every person had to get their level one Cicerone. So like we did that, but that is a very easy test. Uh, we, we literally took online together. Great. Great. Yeah. Camaraderie. Yeah. Um, just asking each other questions and shit. Yeah. So like, I, I always look more into, I don't know, just so when I had people coming up to the bar, if they wanted it, or if I felt like they'd be interested, I could give them a deeper explanation than just, this is an IPA, or this is a lager, like that kind of thing. Or just like, because, you know, you always get people coming up like, I like this, blah, blah, blah. And then being able to kind of decipher what they might like Mm -hmm. out of that. Based on even if they say I don't like so many people I don't like IPAs and then giving them something here's Hazy Jane because they said they like Blue Moon and they're like oh this is really good what is this and I'm like that's an IPA it's a hazy IPA and they're like yeah like not all IPAs are gonna be super hoppy and bitter yeah like this is a New England IPA there's a reason you like it it's got a lot of like orange notes to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but so yeah it was a it was a good time and I think. I think I, like, kind of took on a, not a manager role there, but, like, after a while kind of became, like, a veteran bartender there because some of the other people who opened with us left. So I was kind of the day one person who was there. So I kind of trained the new people and stuff. So that was interesting. I was kind of allowed to do whatever I wanted at a certain point. That's fun. Yeah. You get to that point at every job. 
where like you've been there long enough that like or you've been there longer than the managers and you're just kind of like yeah i know it all yeah i can kind of do anything well and like so during during training they made a big point about how uh like absolutely zero drinking on the job you are not allowed to drink um like these are their corporate rules like no drinking absolutely not uh but if you if you need to try something uh you know that you haven't tried like a new beer you can take a taste sure and so as you said with your new job that is exactly what we did we would just joke and be like hey have you guys ever had elvis juice no never no and so then someone would pour shots and we'd all take shots of elvis juice like mm-hmm. one of those things that just just constantly and depending on the manager they would be cool with it yeah <laughs> well also <sighs> It becomes very hard at a high volume place to deal with all of the bullshit and the tomfoolery without just a tiny sip of alcohol sometimes. It's like, I don't need to be drunk at work. I never need to be drunk at work. However, sometimes I just need, not even to take the edge off, I need a sip of alcohol just to know that I'm alive. Yeah. Sometimes you just do, like, that super high alcohol, like, one that you hate the flavor of just to feel some pain and just know you can still feel. Yeah. <laughs> God. Just to propel you through the rest of the day. <laughs> That's oh. all it is. So that so that, that yeah. seems fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was, um, it was a good time. And there were definitely, <laughs> there were definitely parts of that company that were not good. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if in your guys' research, looking into Brewdog at all, if you found the recent, <laughs> the recent stuff Why about them. Not? Oh yeah. So while I was there, there were like it was just like a lot of inefficiencies and like dumb things that came from corporate, and it was like, why are we doing this? Recent, recently, there was a BBC uh, like documentary <laughs> about one of the founders and like the CEO of of Brewdog, James Blot. About how he, there's like, there's like two things. One, about how essentially the company just like scams people. (laughs) And then also there's like a lot of accusations of like sexual harassment and stuff by him. Um, Which were like things when I worked there that we'd all heard about. About how like when he comes into town, like he'd be at the headquarters and he'd like hook up with a waitress or something. Jesus Christ. And like went skinny dipping in the pond at the headquarters and shit like that. And like... I'd say the women that worked with me at our place definitely felt a little weird when he was even we felt weird. Like I felt weird, not necessarily from like a, like a sexual harassment standpoint, but he just had this like energy of like, I don't, I just don't want to deal with him. So I would purposely be like, yo, when's James coming in? Oh, we know it's going to be like sometime from Wednesday to Friday. Can I just not come in? Like, I don't want to be there. I don't want to have to deal with that. And like the managers knew and they just like, it became tense when he was coming in because it was like a test Ugh. but also like they knew that aspect of it as well yeah so it's a it's a whole thing so now if you if you look at any of their social media you can't comment on any of his shit now because he's turned it all off but if you look at like Brewdog social media half of it will be comments about like that documentary or about how because it came out that he uh owns a bunch of shares of heineken oh shit. um yeah um, Good thing I, I hate Heineken. <laughs> yeah, well, he uh, apparently did. They for years did like marketing stuff about how they hate like macro beers and Heineken because it's Europe was mm-hmm. like one of the big ones. 
and like literally had ads of them like blowing up Heineken bottles and shit. And then it came out. He owns shares of it. That's um, so funny. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, it's you know capitalism. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> even also, though, even though their whole like thing, their mantra is punk. Like, literally, the equity. It's it's called equity for punks. Is like the program, like the investment program thing that any anybody can sign up for. You could do. I could do. And it's literally. It's not. It's less of an investment, more of like a club. Like mm-hmm. you pay sixty bucks and you are like a part owner. Yeah. And you just you get like a free beer on your birthday, you get a discount at bars worldwide. Um Yeah, it's I think there there are supposed to be like profit things. That's not a thing. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's ever made money off of this. But yeah, they call it so their whole their whole thing is like punk, like literally the first non-alcoholic beer they made was punk as fuck. Or, well, it's punk AF, which is punk alcohol-free, but everyone said punk as fuck. Um, <laughs> That's actually kind of cute. Yeah, it was really funny because we knew lie. it was, like, alcohol-free. Like, all the all the NA beers were AF. Mm-hmm. And so people would be like, come up and be like, can I get the punk as fuck or the hazy as fuck? And we'd be like, That's not what it means, but yeah. But yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, I got you. Because <laughs> you're going to drink, like, six more of them when you're mad you don't have a buzz. Yeah. But yeah, so then, I mean, COVID started and it got slow and uh, just trying to, I I don't remember when I actually applied to it, but I randomly got an email from one of the managers at Rheingeist, which is the largest brewery in Cincinnati, um, just saying like, hey, we're looking for more bartenders. Would you like some part-time work? And I was like, ooh, I could, yeah, I could do that a little extra, a few extra shifts a week. So I started uh, working both jobs for a while before I moved. Um, yeah, from that time until I moved here, uh, at both Brewdog and Rheingeist, uh, just, just bartending at both. I did like two days at Rheingeist at, at least at the beginning, started picking up more later. Um, and that, it was nice to get back. That was more similar to Madry where it was back in a production facility. Mm-hmm. It was more mm-hmm. your bare bones, uh, like warehouse style, um, Pretty much all beer, we had, like, a couple of draft cocktails, mm-hmm. but it wasn't dealing with any of that shit. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a lot more basic. It was... I liked the vibe there a lot more. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, yeah, so I just started there, and it, it was bigger than Madry, honestly. Damn. Not with the outside. Well, we had a rooftop space there. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Everybody loves a rooftop. Yeah. People love a rooftop, and I get it when you're, like, in New York, and there's a view. Cool. Um, And there are cool places in Cincinnati and, like, across, really, across the river in Kentucky looking at the skyline of Cincinnati. I get it. Cool view. Uh, Rheingeist rooftop, people fucking love. Like, every day, people up there taking pictures for Instagram and everything. And I'm like, you're looking over... It's a part of the town called the West End, which is literally just at the time and still pretty much is just like a it's run down. It's an old part of the city. It's there's nothing to look at. Right. And also, this is the top of a warehouse. It's four stories up. It's not like a skyscraper. So it's not like, oh, look at this beautiful. Like you can see the whole thing. It's just looking over some old rundown buildings. It's like why? Why is everyone in love with this? I don't get it. Because we're on a rooftop. Yeah, I mean, 
idea. Rooftop means exclusive and fun. It did. It did with I their... do love a rooftop, though, so it is exclusive and fun. <laughs> I mean, for a little while, it was exclusive. We had a door guy, but literally just because of COVID. <laughs> yep. I think there's... <laughs> Sorry. We had a door guy because COVID. Just because COVID. Just because COVID. No, I think there's only ever been one, like, rooftop bar that I've been to that was actually worth the rooftop prices, and it was in Chicago, and it was literally at the top of one of the tallest buildings in Chicago. And that place was cool as fuck. Like, literally, my favorite thing... Because, of course, there were so many people there that, like, we couldn't get one of the seats right next to one of the windows so you could, like, see all the views. Uh, We were sitting at the bar, and I was like, you know what? It's whatever. It's fine. We can still, like, walk over there and look out the window if we want to. Like, whatever. It's fine. And then I went to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom. And in the girls' bathroom, not the boys' bathroom, because I double-checked. In the girls' bathroom, there was a floor-to-ceiling window overlooking the entire Chicago skyline. And I was like, wow, I've never been benefited to be a woman before in my life. This, this is, is the it. first time. This is it. <laughs> this is the first time. It was very cool. A massive benefit. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's the only time that I've ever been like, you know what? Being a woman's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so then you made the move to New York. Yeah. And you started at the brewery, right? Like, that was your... Yeah, yeah. I um so I had been thinking about moving to New York for a long time, for like years now. And I finally a friend of mine was like, Hey, he had a job he got a job with a financial firm out here. It's like I need to move. Um he was supposed to be going in office by like the end of August. So we were like that was that's why our timeline was what it was. So I started I'd been looking for marketing jobs and stuff, but I was like, I'll I'll start looking for bartending jobs, I'll get something for the time being. And I was like, I mean, I'd love to, it's New York. I'd love to work in a brewery. That's what I've been doing. I love breweries. And so I just uh, started looking up breweries, came across ours. Uh, and I just like, I went on the website, saw, like went to the jobs page and saw that there was just like a general front of house uh, application. So I filled that out um, and got in contact with um, our manager, our GM, and was like, hey, uh, here's my resume. I'm looking to move. I didn't have an exact timeline because we hadn't gotten an apartment yet. It's that weird cycle of it's very hard to get an apartment in New York without a job, and it's very hard to get a job, job without, without a yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we were like in the process of finding a place, and I was like, I don't know. It should be you know in the next you know in the within the next month. I don't know. And he was like, Let me know when you get here, and we'll talk. Eventually, got a place. We moved here, so I emailed him like that day or whatever. And was like, hey, I'm here now. So set up an interview, came and talked to him and was like, I'd love to bartend. I know there's a line and it's hard to just hop into bartending in New York. And he was like, yeah, would you be okay with starting as a back waiter? And I was like, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, okay, well, we could could have you start as a server. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I can work my way up to that. And so then he was like, come in, you know, next Thursday and do a follow and see. This was the... The phrase that kind of got me was see if you fit in and i was like wait so did i get the job or am i straight up just like coming in to like see if i if people like me and like came in and then i followed i think it was i think i followed bridget Mm -hmm. 
And I was, like, a little intimidated because, like, everyone is... I, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. And yeah. I was just, like... It's a big space. and Getting the vibe of the place. And at the time, when I and first started... And you were started, table service. I, yeah, I had not been doing table service. And at the time, we were still kind of, like, having that, like, thing of, like, still high-end-ish... Like, still trying to be fancier than we were. We had a specific chef who was still in an arm ploy, so... Yeah, so, like, that was a lot. Like, him bombarding me with, like, all the info. Like, every single ingredient down to, like, the oil and everything that's in every single item. And being like, you have to know these. Like, you have to know every single one. So when someone mentions that they have, like, the most obscure allergy in the world, you know every item. And I was like, uh, okay. okay. Um, but yeah, I did that follow shift and then was like, I guess I... Like, my mom texted me and was like, so did you get the job? And I was like, I think, I think. <laughs> Maybe? Yeah, because then they were just like, yeah, okay, come in for your training shift on whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I did my training, and then it's, you know, been living the dream ever since. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I remember the first time that I recall working with you when you were fully on a shift. Because I feel like you can always sort of tell when people, like, just, like, are good at their job, you know? And um, you could tell, like, I wasn't. No, I could tell that you were. <laughs> no, because it was one of these situations Very where, bad. like, I was trying to get off the floor. Because I think I had, like, something I needed to do that day. And I, like, went up to management and I was like, yo, I want to leave. Matt says he could take over all of inside. And they were like, I'm not sure. Matt's still new. And I was like, no, Matt can take over inside. Like, he'll be fine. <laughs> And eventually they let you take over inside. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because it's fucking fine. Like, I think it, it did take a minute, I think, for them to, like, have confidence in me. Uh, I feel, and I don't know if this is true, but, like, our man, our general manager, I felt for a while that he did not like me. Like, I felt like he hated me. <laughs> Join and the I th- club. But, and I think a lot of people said, like, oh, it seems like that at first. And he'll, like, not even that he has to warm up to you, but it just seems like that. Like, you'll get a... Like, uh, you'll get to know his personality. And I was like, okay. But I, I think he generally, at the beginning, genuinely was, like, not a fan of me. <laughs> um, Probably because he could tell that you actually knew things about beer. Possibly. Could be that. But, um, yeah, I think it, I think it might have taken a little bit for them to be, like, confident in me. But I think at this point they know I'm capable of doing... There's so many times that people will be like, are you sure you can handle this? Or are you sure, like... Someone, and it's like, yeah, fucking, this is very easy. There's 10 tables. Like, yeah. go. It's not, it's really not a hard job. We have, as, as Flinor would say, we have one of the easiest serving jobs there is. Yes. Uh, it's fake. Just, Everything's fake. Just, well, just because there's, there's someone to, to do, do everything. everything. Like, I will say the little bit that I did serve, because I would sometimes pick up serving shifts at BrewDog, um, we, for the longest time had like one support person or like didn't have a support person. So it was down to us to run food, bus host, do all of the things as well as serving. And during COVID that's when I was doing the serving. We were, everyone was essentially acting as a server and bartender. So you'd like take the order, go back, make your drinks go. And so you were doing the entire process yourself short of cooking the food. Um, And so coming into this where like if everything is working as it should someone's dropping water for you someone is pre-bussing for you 
Someone is bussing at the end and resetting the table for you. Someone's running your food. On a super busy day, we've got somebody who's running drinks. Yeah. Like, you literally just have to take an order. Yeah, and it's like, it was so strange to come into. So every time people started, like, as, as I said, I was used to pretty high volume places. So when I came in and people, it would be a busy night and people were, like, getting frantic and being like, it's so busy. I'd be like, I, what? It's not busy in here, man. Like, yeah. I've yet to break a sweat here. <laughs> right. And yeah, it was, so it was a little bit of an adjustment in a good way, I right. guess. But Well, it's also because like, this is the biggest restaurant that I've worked in in New York, mm-hmm. but like big in New York standards is yeah. not big anywhere else. Oh, and I can recognize this is a big space. Even for, even in Cincinnati, the space we work in is a pretty large space for a restaurant in general, mm. a brewery or a bar. Like, yeah, sure. There's a lot of like massive ones around us that I've worked at and stuff. But yeah, this is for New York is a massive space. Right. So it, but that's like, I think one of the funny things too, that's just like, it feeds into the whole, like New York is like the Mecca of, of everything. And it's like, yo, like this place, like, my mom and I have sort of basically talked about, like, the odds on if I, like, move back to Maryland at some point, which I'm probably not going to do. But, like, what if I did? And she was like, you could get a job serving anywhere because you've served in New York. And I was like, I know I could because I know that's everybody's mentality. Like, if you've worked in New York, you can yeah. work anywhere. And it's, like, kind of the opposite, I feel like, is true sometimes. Because it's like, yeah, you do with a lot of people, but the places are so much smaller. Like, and you have so much staff on for the most part. Like, it, yeah. It's, it's I've truthfully us. worked harder places outside of New York. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's definitely spoiled us in that we have someone to do everything for us. So when, when, if and when I go to another job, like, I'm going to have to be able to get back to at, like, doing everything and running and figuring out how to deal with volume. Right. But, you know, for now, I'll, I'll take these easy, <laughs> these easy nights. Absolutely. Hey friends, so if you've ever listened to an episode of No Res, you know how much Anna and I love our drink of the day, but sometimes collecting all those ingredients is not just labor intensive, it's freaking expensive. Which is why Ryan and I love In Booze. In Booze was created by Ashley Evans, mother of four and fellow cocktail connoisseur who just wanted an easier way to enjoy good drinks at home. Enter In Booze, perfectly curated drink infusion kits that turn boring liquor into liquid gold. Here's how it works. All you have to do is pour your alcohol of choice into a mason jar, drop in your Inbooze infusion kit, let it sit for three days, and you are good to go. You just add your mixer of choice. It's literally so easy. It's like an adult science experiment, but instead of winning first place, we all win because we get drunk. Each Inbooze infusion kit is made by hand in Granville, Michigan, and Ashley strives to use as many locally sourced items in each kit as possible, which is great because we love a Michigan apple. For just 18 bucks, you can make the cocktail of your dreams from a blood orange margarita to a chipotle pineapple bloody mary to my favorite berry lavender lemonade with gin because of course gin is the best even ryan agrees that is incorrect but what i think we can all agree on is that we do love in booze you can find them on instagram at in booze kits or online at inbooze.com. so go ahead buy yourself an in booze infusion drink kit and until then Happy sipping. Honestly, in the last month or so, I, I for the first 
four or five months living here did not leave Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And now I've been like all over Queens, all over Brooklyn, all over. But I've been to Queens, I've been to Brooklyn. <laughs> I've been to Astoria a couple times. I've been to a few places in Brooklyn. <laughs> but like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm exploring. When am I going to Staten Island? <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> Never going to Staten Island. Um, no need to go to Staten Island for anything. Go to the Bronx for baseball. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Although one of my favorite bars is in the Bronx. Bronx Brewery. <laughs> Which bar? It, I don't even know what it's called. It is a sports bar directly next to Yankee Stadium. And basically, you walk in this bar. It, it's like a normal sports bar. It's super expensive because it's right next to Yankee Stadium. However, there's a Taco Bell directly next to this bar. And so what they've done is if you go deeper in the bar, they have cut out a to-go window inside of the bar where you can order Taco Bell okay. from inside of this bar. Okay, that's that's amazing. It, I, when I tell you my jaw dropped the first time I went in there. The that's, only time I've been in there, that's actually. Incredible. But, now, is this, is this Taco Bell, like, open super late? When I was there, I don't know how late it was. So basically, the only time I was there... Uh, at my old job, we used to do a, a Yankees outing, like, for the whole staff, because we are an eight-restaurant chain. Mm-hmm. Well, not really a chain. It's more family. of a conglomerate, a family. Um, but the owners of the company would do a Yankees outing every year, where basically it was, like, 60 bucks. Uh, it would be a free open bar for three hours at... Or, no, I think an hour. It wasn't even that long. Uh, it was a free open bar for an hour or two at one of the restaurants in our company, and then we would all head over to Yankee Stadium together. The ticket was covered if the price, so it was an open bar plus the ticket for the game. Um, and yeah, it was just a good time. Like, got to hang out with your coworkers and some other people from the other restaurants. Like, yeah. it was a good time. So it was Yankees outing, and me and two of my friends from the restaurant decided to go. And we were a little late to getting to the open bar, so we had, like, some catch-up to do. And so we stayed at the restaurant a little bit after everybody else left. Uh, so when we were getting to Yankee Stadium, there was still, like, a huge long line. I think the first inning had just started, so we already had missed a little bit of the game, and so we kind of looked at each other, and we were like, why don't we just wait it out for an inning? Like, let's go get a drink somewhere else, and then after the line dies down a little bit, we'll head over there by, like, the fourth inning or something. We'll still see most of the game. <laughs> I don't think we got... <laughs> into the stadium until the seventh inning because we just started drinking like fiends and it was the end of this it was the bottom of the second it wasn't (laughs) we walked in as they're doing seventh inning stretch and we were just fucking drunk because we found this bar and realized there was a taco bell in it and we were like wow we will not leave this place and then we went back to the bar (laughs) after the game uh Let's play some games. Mm. We'll start with dumb question of the day. Okay. It is going to be a game in which I ask you a dumb question. You are going to respond as if you are working. Um, let's say that you are at, we could say Mad Tree or Brew Dog, one of the breweries. And it is a fairly like busy day. Not Nothing like insane, but it's mm-hmm. busy. And I am sitting at the bar. Okay. And I have currently had... Four, I've tasted four different beers so far. 
Yeah, can I like just get like a taste of like two more of the IPAs? I'm just like not really sure which one I'm which one I'm feeling. Sure. So based on the other ones you had, I think are you looking more towards like a citrusy kind of IPA? Yeah, sure. I, I'm not really sure. I just know I like IPAs, and I figured that I just wanted to try a bunch of yours before I like committed to one of them. So yeah, sure. Let me grab you. Uh, let me grab you a couple of tastes. If you don't like those, we can keep going. But also, I just want to let you know we do have flights, so you can always. That'll give you uh, like four or five tastes, depending on where I am. It'll give you a bunch of different tastes. You can kind of have a small small sample of each one, and you can try more things on our list. Yeah, no, I'll just I'll just kind of keep tasting my way through this way. That works, and then once I figure out which one I want, I'll get a big sure. One. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna spend as much time as you'd like trying to take care of you while I have a backup of about twenty people standing at the bar. But yeah, let me go grab that for you. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Okay, no, I can't even go any further than that because that was really good. Um, it was fully in my brain. It was just like that person who tries to take advantage of getting too many tastes. Oh, yeah. Because we all know that person. I, I've always been a fairly patient person with people like that. Same. I Like, I try to be at least. And we all know when you get, like, backed up at the bar, when you're super busy and you're, like, you have that anxiety, like, I see more people walking up now. Uh, but all the places I've worked have always been very much like a, you know... Give them as many samples as they want. But when it gets past four or five samples... You've had a full beer. It's like, yeah, hey, I'm going to try and push a flight. I'm going to try and just, like, give you a beer now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you really want it, I'm going to give you another sample. I I think there was maybe, like, one time that I just was like, no. Just like, I'm not going to give you another sample because you've tried almost the entire list. See, I'm, I will fully tell people if someone, if someone's like, oh, can I try that? I, I flat out tell people now, like, I can give you one or two samples. If you'd like one or two, I'm happy to give you one or two samples. There were times that, there were times that, like, yeah, it was busy and you could, you can get the vibe of someone if they're going to ask for a bunch of them. And I'll, I'll say, yeah, like, okay, I can get you a a taste or two. Mm -hmm. Or if they're discussing with their people, like oh, should I try this one or should I try this one? And then they only ask for, like, one. It's like, okay, I'm going to get all three of them. Yeah. So they're here now. And you're not going to make me do individual trips each time. Right. But I also very well will be like, I mean, I was doing this last night. Like, if someone's just trying to get a sample and not trying to order a full beer, I will drop that sample and I will walk away from you for however long I need to take care of everybody else at the bar who's ready to order a full beer. Give you a good long time to think it over. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Like, I don't care. It's like, I've clearly, I've greeted you, so you can't say that I've ignored you. I've given you a sample of your beer. I'm giving you some time to think it over. But like, for right now, I'm going to go help everybody who I know. Who's paying. Who's paying, who knows exactly what it is that they want. I'll get back to you eventually. Don't worry. Like, either me or somebody else will. But like, yeah, no, I, I have... Very little patience for, for sample people. Well, that's like what I hate that is one of the things that happens at our brewery where like some of the more expensive beers, like the Imperial Stouts and whatnot, oftentimes they're like, no, we're not giving samples of those. And I'm like, part of me understands the mentality, but however, we're going to have to comp off so much beer because you're not letting people taste this first. Like there's only so much that I can say about a beer to like, explain it and or warn someone against it (laughs) before someone's just going to make the decision anyways. Like when we used to have a particular pastry stout on that drank very sweet. Yeah. Even though all of the tasting notes on the menu said all of these sweet things, 
people would still be like, I want that. And I'd be like, just so you know, it's super sweet. And people would be like, oh, I'm not really, I don't really like sweet, but like, I'll get it anyways. And unfortunately, I couldn't be like, why don't you just taste it first? Because they were like, no tasters of it. And then the amount of times I had to fucking comp that stupid beer off of people's oh, so checks. so many times. Because they yeah. tried it and they were like, wow, this is sweet. It's like, there's yes, definitely it There's is. definitely a finesse to warning someone against a certain drink while not shit-talking it or shit-talking your place. Yeah, because it's also like every beer was not made for every person. Like, oh, yeah. there, you're, there are going to be beers that you don't like, and that's every, okay. Every beer, every cocktail, like... There is a finesse. Yes. However, it's it's the same old uh, fucking senioritis thing, I guess, that has been plaguing me recently because I am on our way out of our um, current brewery. Uh, sad, sad cries. Um, but like, if it, I, I'm conflicted about it. Um, but so I had a guest uh, on Monday who it was a group of fifteen. Clearly, like, three of the 15 knew that they were at a brewery. So, typical yeah. large group at our, our particular facility. And so the one person, like, with so much joy and life in his eyes, pulls me aside and is like, can you do, like, a martini for me? And he's, like, so excited about the prospect of a martini. And so I I looked at him. And I was like, my dude. I was like, here's, here's the short of it. Here's the long and the short of it. We have a brewer's license. We can only sell spirits or really anything made at least 75% in New York State. So, do we have the materials to make a martini for you? Yes. Is it going to be the greatest martini of your life? No. Is it going to be a good martini? Eh, Probably. Is it going to be a great martini? No. If you want a beer, it's going to be great. I, like, said that to him almost verbatim. And he looked at me and he was like, oh. I was like, yeah. Uh, I was like... Do we have the spirits? Sure. Do you want them straight up? No. No, yeah. you don't. They, uh, <laughs> they, do, they do much better mixed with friends. Yep. And so that's why he was like, well, can I just do like a vodka tonic with lime? And I was like, that that's a much better, that's yeah, a much better absolutely. choice for you. And today. honestly, <laughs> like I, I respect, personally, I would respect someone saying that to me. Like I will forever remember the first time I went to Cleveland, there's like a couple famous like delis up there, like mm-hmm. Jewish delis. And my mom took us to this one she used to go to back in the day. And we're ordering and someone orders like roast beef and she, and the waitress, just like old waitress, she's probably been doing this for 50 years. Because you don't want it, it's dry today. Incredible. And it's like, yeah, great. Fucking love you. Yeah. And I try and do that in a way that is a little more finesse than that of like, you know, it's not my thing. It's um like when people ask about the our one take on um the Manhattan. It's like a take on a black Manhattan with Fernet mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh people ask about it and I'll say, you know what, have you ever had Fernet before? And they go, No, what's that? And I'll say, Well it's a it's a pretty big flavor. Um if you're not used to it, I'm gonna be honest, you might not like it. If you're looking for more of a Manhattan, maybe go with this one. And try and guide people away from it. Because I know so many times people have ordered that cocktail and been like, mm-hmm. not about it. Oh, I fully said no to a table the other day or a group at the bar. These group of like four came and sat down at the bar. We were super busy. It was Saturday and we had just gotten 14 flights printed one after the other. And so like we were trying to work on those 
And this group of guys sits down at the bar and the one guy goes, um, can I get a flight? And I looked at him and I went, if you want a flight, it's going to take me 20 to 25 minutes to put it in front of you. If you want a big boy beer, I can have it to you in a minute. And he was like, I'll just get a, a, a lager then. And I was like, I'll be right back. Cause I can, cause if you want the flight, it's going at the end of the other 14 flights I have to pour. Yep. Um, but if you want a regular beer, I can do that so fast and I will be right back with it, friend. Um, and it was the, just to yeah. watch his response was just so interesting. Cause I was like, I'm just being honest. Like there's, there's that fine balance of like, I'm, I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to guide you. I'm trying to make sure you're going to enjoy what you're getting. And like, I'm just being like an asshole and I don't give a fuck kind of thing. People ask like, Oh, how's this one drink? And I'm like, it's not my thing. Yeah. Very popular. You might enjoy it. You might love it. But I think people, I mean, thankfully, I think people look at us as like knowing what we're talking about. Yeah. So when I say it's not my thing, they're like, oh, I'm not going to get that then. Which, cool. Great. (laughs) Follow my instructions. Do it. But yeah, it's always funny when people actually go the opposite. They're like, I'm going to do that anyway. And I'm like, all right, that's... They, so they ask you questions and you try <laughs> and guide them. But then you know that they can't send yeah. it back. And they, a lot of times oh. they'll look at you and you can tell, you can see in their eyes that they want to send it back so much, but so they're much, like, we had a so, whole conversation about this. Like, so much gratification when you look and the, it's sitting there and there's been like two sips taken out of it and you're like, yeah, I told you. I told you not to get it. <laughs> um, but then they just go home and they write mean reviews about it. Yeah. How's that for a segue? I was, I was going to do a segue too, Ryan. It's fine. You can give me a chance. Uh, so the next game is Two Reviews and a Lie. It is the crowd favorite. It's the, the one that everyone thinks they're prepared for. And then Anna and I are on a winning streak. Um, so we let, are. I are. will say I have actually uh, recently been an avid listener. And I've listened to most of the, I think all of the episodes of people that we work with. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I was very good at picking your guys' uh, fake ones because you were both very good writers and comedic writers, and there was a style there. Oh, yes. <laughs> the last few, though, I was like, it was rougher. No, yeah, because I, I wrote the last few. I didn't know the places, <laughs> to be fair, but like... Just I, yeah, from st- they, they, sound? They blended a little more, and I was mm, like, oh, shit. That's fair. We're going to have to share a phone because my phone died. Okay, great. Uh, so I'm going to start us off okay. with a review again. It is all from BrewDog. Okay. Yes. So with that being said, review number one. The current system they're running is terrible. We sat at the bar and at any time there was only two other people sitting there as well. There was no dedicated bartender and all of the servers did their own bartending. When the servers got behind the bar and you weren't their customer, they ignored you like you didn't exist. This happened no less than 30 times. When we were ready to leave, our server was busy with a large table all the way across the restaurant, and as I sat there waving my credit card, no other server would even acknowledge me or make any kind of eye contact, even though they were two feet away. Very bad experience. That seems pretty real, um, based on the system we were working. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, I could see that. I definitely for a while actually read a lot of our bad reviews just because I found it funny. Mm -hmm. Um, That sounds eerily familiar. (laughs) Fair enough. Review number two. Everything was fine. Food, fine. Beer, fine. But nothing was great. 
It was either understaffed or the staff didn't care much because we barely saw our server. That's my biggest gripe. I loved craft beer and I just wanted to shoot the shit with someone about all the different brews. It wasn't even that busy. Could be. That sounds realistic, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Review number three. A dog-friendly brewery that is not dog-friendly? Nailing it. Rude staff and manager with the sleeve tattoos does not have people skills. Good thing you work in customer service, bro. The Columbus location is a hundred times better. And actually (laughs) dog-friendly. That's real. (laughs) I know exactly who that that was our GM they were talking about. (laughs) That's a real one. We we were not allowed to have dogs. We actually, to be fair, when we first opened, did allow dogs. Loved it. It's BrewDog. Also, Mm -hmm. who the fuck doesn't love dogs? Yeah. Mm -hmm. People ratted on us. People sent pictures to, like, the health department. And we're like, because we have, like, a kitchen and shit. And, like, and so they, like, literally, we got in trouble because we were allowing dogs inside. And we're like... The week we weren't allowed to have it. And literally at one point we had, um, cause we had like dog bowls out and we literally had a thing. Um, we had a wall of pictures where we would take pictures of all the dogs that came in and write oh, their name on there. So you could be all cute. the dogs that came yeah. in. We had to take all that shit down cause it was like telling people to like bring their dogs in kind of thing. Yeah. And incriminating so, evidence. <laughs> so we were like, Oh, can we allow dogs on our rooftop? Like, no, cause they have to walk through inside to get to the stairs to go upstairs and we're like okay so the only place we were allowed to have dogs was our little like front patio which was literally like three tables mm-hmm. in like one of those little like fenced in things yep it was bullshit that's a real one i think i've actually seen that exact one mm-hmm. that is about our general manager who during covid was a huge i mean huge asshole to people uh like and it was nice because he had our back on that. Like we didn't have to be the assholes of like make you better fucking be wearing a mask. Um, you do not get up from your table and walk around. Like you have to stay at your table unless you're going to the bathroom. You don't get the fuck up. If you do get up to go to the bathroom, put your mask on all that. Like, so he was an asshole. So we didn't have to be, that was nice, but he took it like pretty far sometimes. (laughs) Um, that was your, I think the fake ones B. um, it seems realistic. But, yeah, I don't know. I th- Realistic, I think but not real. Yeah. Let's gonna... see. Do you want me to give you a drum roll? No, I'll give you a drum okay. roll. Okay. <laughs> Breaking our winning streak, Matt. You got it right. <sighs> Killing it. Phenomenal job. <laughs> uh, uh, what I think is funny is that the one review so adamantly talked about the Columbus um, one being better. And I, I, at one point, was on the wrong brew dog looking at the Columbus <laughs> one. Trust me, the reviews are not any better. <laughs> so this was one of my favorite ones that actually was not used uh, today. And it was also, you know, by a person named Annie R., which I feel like it's very close to Anna R., so therefore... It, who knows? You could go by Annie. I could go. I have gone by Annie before. One of my old co-workers called me Annie and I was... Oh, I hate that. <laughs> it was Inca. I'm Inca sorry. only called me Annie every time. Why did I never know that? Shout out, Inca, if you're listening. I miss you. So this review said, 
This was a horrible experience. No issues being understaffed. Just warn us and be nice. (laughs) Do not go here. Staff sucks and makes you feel bad for asking to talk to them more than once within the hour. Support someone else during COVID. (laughs) Damn. Um, the fact that it's just you know, like just be nice. Do you know when that's from? <laughs> Ten months ago. Yeah. Um. I do like the one where the person talked like nonstop about how like everything was fine, and then still left like two stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like everything was good. It was all good. It wasn't bad. Like and then two stars. Yeah. It's people. People are shitty like that. We. We would get, I mean, I think everyone's gotten this where it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, everything was fine. The food was good, but you know, we have this one thing and then they leave like one star and you're like, but so everything else was negated. It was great, but there was the one thing. I think the worst in terms of uh, review stuff was with Mad Tree. So we didn't have a kitchen, but we had, we partnered with a local pizza place that started as a food truck back and then um, partnered like the, at the old, old location. They were always just in the parking lot. Then when they expanded the old place, they made a kitchen for them. So they were actually in there, but it was still two separate companies. And when we moved to the new big place, same thing, two separate companies, but we had like a full big kitchen in there. So when you come in, you could get pizza and whatever else, salads and shit that they had. Most people didn't realize that they were not one and the same. So people would leave reviews because they were terribly run. They had... They were horribly inefficient. Um, people seem to love the pizza, although I don't get it. Um, but, but would leave pizza reviews. People would leave pizza reviews on the Mad Tree, Facebook, and Google, and everything else reviews, Yelp reviews. And so it'd be like, we came in and uh, it was a really cool place. Loved the decor. The bartenders were awesome and knew what they were talking about. We had two beers, loved them both. But the pizza took an hour and a half and it was cold when it got to us. And you're like, that's not us. That's not like, that's not, not that's not us. That has nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. Like leave me a review about them. It was ridiculous. So many, like if you went back and sorted through like their reviews, I'd say 90% of the like one and two star reviews were about pizza. It was ridiculous. I don't even know how some people came in there not knowing that we had these two old ladies walk in one time. It was like me and one of my coworkers standing there at the bar is like a slow time, like lunchtime. And they walk up and they go, uh, where do we, where do we order? And we're like, uh, Oh, just right up here. And they're like, Oh no, no, no pizza. And we're like, <laughs> Oh, over there. Uh, just go right over there. They'll take your phone number and everything. And they're like, oh, what's up here? Beer. And standing behind a bar, like a ve- it's a bar. You can, you can it's see very all, obvious. all the tags. We're like, this is the bar. And they're like, oh, we didn't know they had beer here. They came just for the pizza? And we were like, yeah, we're a brewery. Um, we have beer, like a lot of it. Uh, and they're like, oh, cool. And then they like walked away to order their pizza. And we were discussing to ourselves, like, how is it even possible that they arrived here without knowing that we're a brewery? Because any mention of this place, it was called Catch a Fire Pizza. Oh, shit, talk to them all day. The, the owners fucking suck. Um, 
they literally like any mention of them online in an article in a Yelp review whatever says like housed within Mad Tree Brewing like at the same location as Mad like partnered with they all, none of them just say catch a fire pizza because <laughs> like, nobody cares. Yeah. Like, nobody looks shit up. They just sort of wander around willy-nilly. And but, like, how like... do they happen in... There's, it's not the kind of place that you could happen into. Ugh. Like, you'd have to know... That you were going to find them. Yeah, there's also a massive sign out front that says Mad Tree Brewing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is crazy, though, because, like, I mean, at at my secondary brewery, like, the amount of times that people will come in and like ask me about food and i'm like y'all like i've got chips i've got jerky um <laughs> we and we do pop-ups most days of the week but like mm. it's also very clearly that pizza pop-up on uh trivia night is okay fire. i'll shout him out because he also doesn't just go to our place he goes to multiple different places it's happy bull pizza felix is the best is this a um, food truck or is it so he, it's a pop-up so he will set up basically uh, fold-out tables within a space of whatever place he's popping up in, uh, and he brings his own pizza ovens and everything, nice. and just, like, makes delicious, like, personal pizzas, fire. calzones. Uh, yeah. He was doing, like, a specialty uh, sandwich last night. It was a chicken parm sandwich on, like, a seeded roll with, like, crispy Ooh. cheese. So fucking good. Um, but, like, it, it's very clearly a pop-up. Like, no place has a kitchen that is just set up on, like, folding tables yeah. off to the side. And the amount of people that I have who will just come up to me and be like, um, do I order pizza here? And I'm like, no. no, you ordered pizza with the guy sitting over there with the pizza and the cash register. With his little tablet, his little square. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, get away from me. Do you want a beer? And, like, oh, there's so many people who will, like, because we have a lot of really good pop-ups that come through our brewery because again we don't serve food so we have a lot of we have pop-ups we have food trucks that come through at at least five times a week yeah it's gotten to a point where every now and again it's really good places and really good people and so people will just go like grab dumplings from the delicious momo truck come inside order one beer between four people and just sit there and eat their dumplings and it's like y'all come on now like this only works if if both businesses are serving one another. So, like, you can't just buy all of your food and then and expect then to sit here. just take up space in our place. Exactly. Then, yeah. Oh, for sure. So it's 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 fickle. It's it's the double-edged sword of that sort of style, for sure. Yeah. But still fun. Uh, are there any particular Karen stories that you wanted to tell us before we wrap this up today? Burning ones that the world must know about? The only one that's coming to mind is not really even a Karen story, just like a dumb person story mm-hmm. of at Mad Tree. Just a trash su- person. Summer day, this lady comes in yelling about how her beer tastes like shit. Like the words she used was baby diaper. Oh. Um, and we were so like, not what? just like shit, like little yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, what? And. Then one of the barbacks realized, oh, this was the lady who ordered her beer 45 minutes ago and went and sat out on the patio in the sun. It's a summer day, so, I don't know, mid-80s and sunny. And her beer was, you know, had a few sips taken off of it. It was like an almost full beer. And like, oh, it's light struck. Because it's just been sitting in the fucking sun. sun. Mm -hmm. It's getting hot and it's sitting in the sun. And so the bartender who was dealing with them 
was trying to explain the concept of light struck to her, mm-hmm. we were like, stop, just get her just, another it's beer. It's not worth it. She doesn't know. And yeah, so we get her another one, and she goes, thank you, and she takes a sip, and she goes, okay, this is good. And we're like, okay, cool, and she walks out, and like a half hour later, she comes back in, and goes, this one tastes gross too, and we're like, here's what's happening, lady. You need to drink your beer. <laughs> Right. And not let it just sit in the sun, because that's what happens. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only one that like comes to mind right now. I've I've had honestly to deal with more um like overly trying to be dominant alpha bros than Karen's, honestly. Because that, I feel that's like brewery industry bros. I right think there. over my career, um, like moms love me. <laughs> um like older women like to flirt with me. Okay. Um, <laughs> but like I've in all of in all three of the breweries that I worked at in Cincinnati, I had punches thrown at me. Shit. Yeah. Um, not by me instigating a fight, or at least from my perspective. Like Mad Tree was me trying to stop someone from smoking. We weren't allowed to have smoking on our patio. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like when we were still pretty new in the big space and told this guy like three times, hey man, like can't smoke in here, go outside, blah, 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 each time. And like the third time I walked by, I saw him with a cigarette again and I was like busy, just like had hands full of shit and was like, hey man, when I said it last time, I fucking meant it. And yeah. Yes. And yes. Madtree was a place we were very much allowed to say shit like that. And he was just like, hmm. And I walk by again like five minutes later. He's got a new cigarette. He sees me, stares me in the eye. <gasps> oh. And just takes like a huge fucking drag and just kind of like laughs as he like puffs it out. And I was like, I'm gonna fucking murder someone. Oh, I would have grabbed and, that shit out of his fucking hand. And like, <gasps> I literally walked up. I was like, man, you gotta leave now. This was before we had security or anything. I was like, you gotta leave fucking now. Go. Also, this guy was six, three, four. Like, he was, he's bigger than me. <laughs> and he just kind of like, kind of steps up to me. And I'm like, bro, you gotta fucking leave now. He's like, what are you going to do? And he just like kind of pushes me. And I was like, that's not going to happen, man. And he like, he fucking swung on me. And immediately, like the bartenders had already seen me because I was still a bar back at the time. The bartenders had already seen what was happening. Someone literally hopped over the bar to get over. And like my manager and the bartender at the time were both like big motherfuckers. Yeah. And they just walked up and were like, fucking leave now. And this guy was just like, okay, okay man, sorry. Like, oh, I'll stop smoking. And they were like, no. No, get no, out. You don't get no, to stay. You don't get to stay after you try and fight with staff. That's not how it works. Same thing. Brewdog, some dude, some drunk ass was like, it was during COVID, breaking all the COVID rules and stuff. And he started trying to walk out with, like, one of our rocks glasses, like, full, one of our rocks glasses full of beer. Because how the fuck oh, did he get that? What? Yeah. yeah. Weird. And so he starts, like, walking out, and I'm following him, going... I was actually off off the clock at the time. I was sitting at the bar having a beer. All the bartenders and servers at the time were all women who were five feet tall. So they're like, can you go deal with that? 
I was like, I guess I'm the one who has to go deal with that shirt. Yeah. So I um, walk up and I'm like, hey, man, just kind of following him. He's not hearing me. Hey, man. Hey, yo, let me get that glass. And I finally, I put my hand, like, as he's at the door, I put my hand on his shoulder. He turns around, like, <gasps> tries to, like, swing on me. And I was like, like, ducked it. And his friend was, like, kind of walking beside us and, like, pushed him outside. He was like, I'll deal with him. I'll deal with him. I was like, yeah, fucking do it. Yeah, get my glassware back first. Oh, no. I was like, I don't give a fuck about the glass. Leave now. <laughs> and and he was like, I'll deal with him. I'll deal with him. And, like, ten minutes later, he comes up. He's like, can he come back in? No. I was like, no. absolutely not. Absolutely not. He was like, can, can we talk to your manager? And I was like, no. You cannot. And they were you, just like, you okay. You swung on so me. They, yeah, so their group, like, stayed there for... A half hour and then left, and I was like, "I was just, which I love when you kick someone out and their group stays is the funniest shit in the world." Just have like a sad puppy dog drunk fuck standing outside the it's window, so funny. singing in the arms of the angel to themselves. Ryan, guys, we had this big group of like college kids and like two. Like, it was like twenty of them, and like two of them had fake IDs. Now other ones may have, but we checked them. Like we fucking we knew what the fuck we were looking for. Two of them, they had, like, very bad fake IDs. Mm-hmm. So we are like, guys, you gotta go. And, okay, so they, like, walked out. And we figured, oh, their group's gonna cash out and leave. No, they fucking stayed for three hours. <laughs> they did not care. They must have been like, yeah, go home, guys. Like, I don't know. Get a better fake, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. All right, so we've come to that time. We spend our lives working for tips. It's time to give a tip back to the listeners. Uh, If there was something that you wish people who don't work in breweries, but maybe go to breweries, what do you wish they knew? Um, I'd say for breweries specifically, like when it's coming to beer, be open to things. Uh, don't, Don't let the name or a style sway you from enjoying a beer like just just because you think you don't like ipas because you had an ipa one time don't let that sway you from trying any others or any other style kind of thing also i think everyone says this but like be nice (laughs) just Mm -hmm. just be just be a good human (laughs) and tip no i love that no i really like to be open to things that's new yeah that's new 54 tips later and we got a new one I mean, be open and also be open to, like, glassware. (laughs) Dead. Dying inside. Uh, All right. In your best customer service voice, because we know that they're all... Well, I feel like for brewery people, it's a little bit different because we don't put on the voice. Um, But, you know, in your best customer service voice, thank us for being here today and uh, take us out. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, It was a great time. I enjoyed my cocktail very much. Um... Thank you for joining us at home listening to this podcast. Everyone have a great day. It wasn't scary, was it? It was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Your order's up and it is a hot podcast. (laughs) Hey friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at norespod. And if you really, Make sure that you like, subscribe, and follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you really, really, really enjoyed and you work in a cool customer service-esque job, feel free to slide into our DMs or email us at norispod at gmail.com and even you could be on the podcast. It's really not hard, guys. Like, we'll take anyone. <laughs>